Chuck Dempster is the name, born and bred in Montrose in the northeast coast. I went, first of all, to a Merchant Navy training school down in Liverpool, where I spent about two months qualified as a junior ordinary seaman. I bring this out because people always imagine if you go away to sea at 16, you are a cabin boy. And I would stress that's far from the case. When I passed out, albeit 16, I was a junior honorary seaman and I joined my first ship, which was a big oil tanker, albeit we were carrying high-proof octane. I was doing the full shift the same as the able-bodied seamen who were in their 20s and some in their 30s. We'd go up away, up past Iceland, well, close to Iceland, and then because the Germans had aircraft in Norway, we then stayed as far away from Norway as possible to keep out of range, but we couldn't go all that far because we'd have been in waters that were really unnavigable. We had a close escort with us, destroyers, sloops, corvettes. We also had what they called a distant escort, which was maybe a couple of hundred miles away. They couldn't come any closer to the convoys because the Germans, if they attacked them with their aircraft, could very easily have sunk them, and it would have been a terrific loss. The big warships were there primarily in case the Germans sent out one of their big pocket battleships from Norway, the, the main one being the Tirpitz. Had that gone out to sea when the convoy was on its way up there, or indeed coming back, they would really have decimated the ships. Um, so the main escort hung back in case this happened, and then they would have come in and taken action against the German battleship. Life at sea, people often ask me, how was it? It was rough, in one word. But nevertheless, when I reflect back on it, it had its finer moments as well. We all enjoyed each other's company. It was a marvellous sort of experience for me. Three years I spent at sea, and I remember quite vividly most days, strangely enough, that I was at sea. Um, I was on other ships as well, but when I went to Russia, it was the San Financio. Once you got out past Iceland and you were on your way up off the coast of Norway, the weather did become pretty atrocious. You had high seas, sometimes 60, 70 feet high, the waves. You had often blizzards. You had mist. You had snowstorms, sometimes individually, now and again altogether. There were times, if you were on shift, um, on the watch, at the wheel. To put you in the picture, a seaman did four hours on and eight hours off. If the four hours on, you spent two hours at the ship, an hour on standby, an hour on lookout, and that just went round. If by chance you were on watch up in the bridge and your eyes watered at all, that's when you were in trouble because you had to wipe them pretty rapidly or they would freeze. That's how cold it was. I have one colleague currently alive, Bill Short, who lives across the fourth from me in Fife. Bill was one of the very unfortunate or very fortunate ones. His ship was torpedoed. He got in a lifeboat which was absolutely packed. I believe there were about 56 men in it. 
They were at sea four days and four nights before they were spotted by a Russian aircraft who homed in a Russian minesweeper, which picked them up and took them ashore. By that time, there were about two dozen survivors on the lifeboat. The others had died and been dropped over the side, where indeed 3,000 more men still lie in the icy waters of the Arctic. They were taken ashore. They were operated on because gangrene had set in. Bill indeed lost both his legs. He was taken to an army hospital in the field. Murmansk was only 20 miles from the German front. It was an old schoolhouse, much like you have up here in Loch Hugh, in a way. Um, had been converted into a hospital. He was taken in there, and without anaesthetic, both his legs were cut off. This sounds very cruel, very basic, but then that's how they had to treat their own people as well. They didn't have the materials to do otherwise. Bill lost both his legs. When he came to, the pain was so intense in his legs, flesh was bare, nerves were bare. No one could really approach him for two or three weeks after the operation. Bill spent about six months there, came back to Scotland, to Dunfermline. He then had further operations by our own medics here who had the facilities to finalise the operations. These are the sort of things that I dreaded. I was never frightened of death. I was quite religious at the time. I'd been brought up very devout Christian. As a choir boy in my local church in Montrose, choir practice three times a week, I firmly believed in the life thereafter and I had no fear whatsoever of dying. I was scared gutless at the thought of losing an arm, a leg or losing my sight.